Good morning and welcome to Wednesday morning, December the 27th in 2023 on When I Rise. Today we continue year B, the first Sunday after Christmas. And on the Wednesday of the week, we have to pick up one of the extra passages that float around in this week, the Revised Common Lectionary, and this week of the church's calendar year. And we've got plenty this week. So I'm going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 18 through 20, and then jump ahead to verse 26. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection. And I'll spend time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making this party of morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 18 through 20, and then verse 26. And Samuel was ministering in the presence of the Lord, a lad girt in linen ephod, and a little cloak would his mother make him and would bring him up to him year after year when she came with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. And Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and would say, May the Lord bestow on you seed from this woman in place of the loan she has lent to the Lord. And they would go back to their place. And the lad Samuel was growing in goodness with both the Lord and with men. This is the Word of God for us. All right, so on this pa- in this passage this morning, we get a couple different details about the early Samuel uh, before he emerges into adulthood and becomes the, the key figure as a leader among this commonwealth of tribes in Israel early in its story. And I think we, many of us know the backstory. Uh, his mother Hannah wanted a, a child so bad, and she was barren. And Elkanah had several wives. He had, a few, I guess, two wives. And um, he was able to have kids with them, but not with Hannah. And so she prayed and prayed and prayed. And um, Eli saw her, and in some mystery, um, Eli conferred to her that she would have a son and, uh, and that he would be uh, given unto the Lord for his service. And so here is the early days of Samuel. The very next narrative is going to be the most operative of this first third of his life. But nevertheless, I think we get this interesting window into Samuel's story. I think there's a great thing for him in his biography. And then I think there's a neat little nugget of theology in this early story of Samuel. Let's first just take a look at uh, his own personal life. I mean, from a very early age, um, he had this sense that he was not at home right? Uh, he wasn't like the other boys in the Jewish community. I mean, he, they would grow up with parents. Uh, they probably would have gone to some early primary school. If they had a penchant for learning, maybe they would uh, be able to become an intellectual, uh, lowercase i, intellectual, obviously, in this time of human civilization. But uh, if they couldn't cut it, uh, they would learn their father's trade and then they would perpetuate this family business type of dynamic. But Samuel was away from home and he got to see his parents just every now and again. So his orientation of who is family was different. And uh, Eli, obviously the, the priest at the time and his rascal sons, they were probably like a surrogate family for Samuel. But nevertheless, like I think he grew comfortable in the presence of the Lord. And his purpose then was distinct from the rest of his contemporaries. Uh, he had this different shape and contours of what it meant uh, to have purpose in his life and his purpose was to serve god and i think this is important for us i think we fortunately unfortunately 
we're in, we're in the midst of an era of church where um, we do, we're just surrounded by some of these fantastical stories about people who have dreams from God and they follow through and they have these extraordinary experiences and we begin to envy those, don't we? Like because we other we, we, we feel like we have a different type of life. Ours is very common compared to their extraordinary experiences with God. We get we're maybe envious or jealous that uh, they seem to hear from God and we do not, right? And so we crave these extraordinary experiences to happen. And so we kind of go from conference to conference, speaker to speaker, podcast to podcast, try to figure out what is the secret sauce so I can have like this more informed Christian experience like some of these few individuals um, that we hear about in our ear of church. But for the most part, like the pattern of life for the Christian is to excel in the common things. And I think this is what Samuel knew. Samuel knew that uh, he needed to wake up and he needed to do all these different uh, duties as a young priest in training. And uh, most days were probably pretty common. He probably didn't get liver shivers or goosebumps. <laughs> he just, he did the common stuff. And I think that we need to be reminded of that, that uh, for the most part, the wild majority of Christians, both living and those who have passed and those who will exist after us, we're gonna have common experiences. We might have a handful of truly extraordinary, like God has drawn so strangely near to us type of experiences. And so I think if we wanna have a, a deeply formed life, we need to grow more comfortable with the common of waking up, personal study, personal application, personal service, learning how to show up and to dwell with the people of God in their normal day-to-day. And I think we'll get to the end of our journey. We're going to look back and say, I experienced way more than enough than I ever thought I would have, even though most of my Christian experience is quite common. And so it was common for Samuel to wake up, to do the deeds of the priest. And once a year or so, he would see his parents and they would give him a new change of clothes and they would check in on him. and, And that's how it was for him. So I think this is what's meeting me this morning is signing up once again to the common things. Uh, we're not going to have like the mimrics, like hair standing on the back of our neck, you know, type of experiences very often. And uh, I hope that that can be satisfying to us, that Jesus is the same to us in the common as he is to us in the extraordinary. And if that's so, uh, that we'll grow more and more comfortable with not needing these, I don't know, larger than life experiences, but we can actually find them deeply nestled within the common. And I think a neat theological idea that uh, Alter, tra- uh, you know, in his translation teases out is how Samuel is on loan. Like he still belongs to his household and his family, but he's on loan in his service to God. And uh, this is a, a really vivid idea that we get in the, the Old Testament scriptures. And there's another part uh, where it talks about generosity, where it's like whenever anyone gives uh, to the poor, they lend to the Lord. Isn't that an interesting thing? Like, I think some of our just, you know, out of the box ideas about God is that uh, he doesn't need anything. And that's true. Like the, the scriptures will say that, like God's not in, in debt to us. But uh, in the language of the Hebrew here, I just love how God is so intertwined with humanity and creation that when a family like Elkanah and Hannah give their son to the service of the Lord, like it wasn't like they, you know, that semi was taken from them against their will, but they're loaning it to God for the service of God. 
And I don't know about you, but that kind of inspires me, right? So when I think about the, all of my days uh, that have, I don't know how many I have in front of me. I assume I have a lot because I'm only 42 right now. The time of this recording, I feel like I've got another 42 at least. Like I want to live on purpose, you know, for those. And I want to like, once again, leverage the common of life. And I know there's going to be some extraordinary experiences along the way. But uh, I know that as I dedicate my life to God and as I dedicate my resources to God when I give with generosity, as I, you know, dedicate, you know, other parts of my life to God, um, that he's not like just swiping this from me, like, you know, some stingy tax man banging on the door and, uh, you know, shaking me down, taking my goods until he's satisfied. But like, I'm, I'm placing some things in his hands and like they're on loan to him. And I think that he's going to be able to make more of my life than I can on my own. But it's still like God and I are in partnership. Uh, the New Testament language has this idea of koinonia, a uh, fellowship. You know, it's something that the early church experienced together. We see that in Acts 2. That word koinonia is actually a business term. Like we're we're in a partnership together where you're going to throw some of your equity into a pot and I'm going to throw some of my equity into a pot. We're going to work on something together. And I don't know about you, but like my Christian discipleship is inspired when I see that happening with God too. Yes, like he owns me and he owns all things like he holds all things by his words. Of course, God has it all. But he still looks at it as like, I, I get to like give it to him and like we work on it in a partnership together, right? So with like our family, with our jobs and all of our gifts and our interests, like as we place them in God's hands, like we enter into this great partnership and they're all known to God and then we get to watch God do stuff with them. I don't know about you, but that that's kind of an inspiring thing for me to consider. So with those things in mind, spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you today that you're a generous God, and we thank you that when we reach out in faith and embrace you and take on your way of life, that it is something for all of our lives. It's not just for a religious small section of who we are. It's not just for a given season of life, but you invite us into the common life for all of life, which leads us to eternal life uh, for ages upon ages with you. And so, God, we confess at times we are looking so feverishly for these extraordinary moments where um, something is so startlingly clear and it's very definitive. It's an extraordinary experience that um, would wow somebody if we told them. And even though we might get a handful of things along of those things along the way, uh, we think that uh, your love is so big that we can experience the reality of it even in the common of life. So God, forgive us when we uh, skip past the common moments and searching for the extraordinary moments. Help us to fall in love with you, even in the mundane times of life. And I pray that as we look back, uh, we'll look back with wonder about all the ways in which you drew near to us and that we would relish simply your presence in our lives. God, we also thank you for this opportunity that when we place our lives into your hands, um, it's like we loan out to you the good things of our life and you get to make much with those things. And so, God, um, as we get ready to start a new year, oftentimes these are moments where we get clear minded about what we'd like to do with our life and find purpose. And so I pray that as each of us make our calculations for the next year, as we place our lives into your hands, as we feel like we're loaning who we are to you, God, we just simply pray that you would make much of who you are and that we would experience wonderful and beautiful things in the coming year. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.